Thanks for tuning in to Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. I am Josh Roop. With me, my co-captain, as always, Scott Larson. It is episode 129. We've got an epic guest, as always, on. And before we get to that, though, Jaws is now out. If you want to get a hold of that, Scott, how are you going to buy your Jaws game? I I actually have one on on order right now with Zach and Nicole Mini at Flipping Out Pinball. So uh, get on that Pro Premium or ask if there's an LE. We'll see if we can do do that. I'm hearing they're they're selling pretty well actually. So yeah, can't can't complain. And nor can the man with us who I he really needs no introduction, right? Like people love him, men want to be him, women want to be with him, right? Something like that. The man, the myth, the legend, Keith Elwin. How are you doing, Keith? Uh, I'm all right. Hanging in there. <laughs> I heard you're a little sick. You, yeah. you, you caught yeah. something more from California than, than an in-disc trophy. <laughs> Every pinball tournament, man. Yeah. yeah. Get the pinball crud. Ugh. Mm-hmm. You have to walk around with gloves and just change them every every game. So. Yeah. Well, thank goodness it wasn't COVID, but yeah, yeah. it's so lingering and so annoying. Uh, yeah. I guess Creasel coined it the con crud. That's what it is, I guess. So mm, I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't sound like fun. So you've just been at home. You called in sick. Well, you had a great reveal. So you just kind of called in sick this week or what? <laughs> I went in for the stream. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Which was great. Puffed it out. So, um, so uh, everyone's wanting to know where Jaws just released. You had a little extra time on this game. Like, most of your releases have been within 12 months to 13 months, I feel like. And this one, you had over two and a half years from the reveal of Godzilla to the reveal of Jaws. What was different with this development process? And uh, were you able to test some stuff out? Were you able to get more creative, I guess, with this game? Well, no, because we weren't supposed to release when we did. So uh, it's pretty natural to you know start on a new project when the other one's kind of like ramping up for a release so um this just happened to fall uh when we decided to cut back to two cornerstones so uh, my work was mostly done on this a long time ago uh, so all this extra time went to both uh the south park team and the jurassic park 30th update okay okay cool now this uh, um okay so here's uh here's another question too this is the first keith elwin game that has an upper play field so yes. okay, so, so so just curious about that. Um, what this is a, a departure from your other, you know, your four cornerstones and obviously your uh, street level game. So what were the thought processes going into that? Uh, so when I told I was doing this game, that the number one thing I envisioned was an upper playfield uh, themed as the Orca, where mm-hmm. you're up there. Um, originally, I was going to have this shark kind of bust through the back up there. Uh, but we just didn't have room to do it. So we uh, went for kind of like the smallest um, smallest play field we can do. And my goal was to, hey, what, what, I, what don't I like about upper play fields? Well, you just seems like up here just flailing around, not being in danger. So uh, it was my goal to just have the upper play field kind of just flow into the rest of the shot pattern. So you get in there, it does this little... Uh, you know, serpentine, the slow down the ball goes to the, the mini flipper, and then you got essentially you have two shots. Uh, you got a ramp, and then you got the horizontal spinner, which also feeds another ramp. 
And you also have what's called the radio target, which will spot anything you need. Uh, but those rules aren't in at the moment. But uh, no matter which shot you hit, uh, it's going to find an extra DB. For the radio target, it's going to dump out on that little uh, little metal dump out that kind of feeds the right slingshot. Um, the left ramp kind of feeds the left orbit. And then the reel uh, feeds the mini flipper on the right. So uh, it, we never, I didn't make any geometry changes since the initial... Um, Whitewood, and it's because the shots all did exactly what I wanted them to, and uh, I thought it was perfect. Speaking of the little flipper and feeding to it, did you always have that little post section right there to kind of hold it to slow down? Because in the stream, when I was watching it, it's like, it's like blazing fast, and almost like you need to stop everything just to to line up what you're doing. So was that, I guess, original concept? Yeah, actually, uh, we screwed it up in the first Whitewood, and it didn't hold it. So I had to um, move the hole on everyone's game. But, yeah, that was always part of the concept. Um, just as I thought it would add. Because there's no, like, especially during the multi-ball, there's no place to park the ball in this mm -hmm. game. There's no scoops. You know, there's nothing. The upposts don't come up during multi-ball. So the only chance the player has to park the ball somewhere is using the, uh, the little flip lock system or just holding the, the right flipper up. So speaking of flip lock, I want you to go more into this, like, I saw it on the stream. It looks awesome. My like, is it just it holds it through the whole multi ball? Do you have a timer? What exactly? How does this flip lock system work? So the way it works is during a multi ball, if you hold the right flippers in, um, I think it's for like one second. The action button will start flashing green, and then if you hold that down for one second, it'll lock the upper flipper in for I believe default is fifteen seconds, but that can be. Uh, built upon by bounty hunts, which uh, add perks to that. So there's also, uh, it, you can do it once per ball, uh, but there's also a perk that you can get, you can do it multiple times per ball. Uh, that is the, right now I think it's the uh, tiger shark. If you catch the tiger shark, you can do it multiple times in a, a single um, multi-ball. Is there a is there a bonus for actually not using that during multiple? Because that would be that that's more that's harder, right? When you have four balls flying at the same time. It's actually the the I think it's more fun to not use it and hold you know manually hold the flipper up and try to see as far as you can get without um, you know trying to release the right side. But uh, it, it it's cool. I think uh, I think it's just a unique way to uh, like I said safely park the ball somewhere uh, that's never been done before. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty excited to finally get that going. That wasn't actually in the game on that initial release stream. Um, it, that, that stream was a kind of an older code. So we got that in just before the actual uh, official reveal stream on Monday. So you were talking about stage flipping, basically. So uh, for people who don't uh, have, haven't really picked this up, if you typically have two flippers, if you hold it in a little bit, it does the, uh, you know, it holds the top flipper, you hold it in all the way and it holds the bottom flipper. Now you have three flippers that are activated by the right side. And so if you, if you're trapping up by either stage flipping, is the upper play field flipper also being activated or does it lock or how does that work? Uh, the upper play field is also, this shows the same secondary switch as the, uh, the right side mini flipper. Uh, flip lock does not affect the upper, um, basically because, you know, that would defeat the purpose because, you know, the easiest way to uh, use that upper play field during a multi-ball is to have, you know, have balls parked away in the, uh, the flip lock. 
So are you going to have modes in here? So I'm thinking like Terra of Mecha Godzilla, right? Like it's a multi-ball. Um, but if if you were able to flip block and then put a bunch of balls in there, you could pretty pick up, pick off those shots with less hazard. And then it's also like, because then you lose flips as you drain too. Is there some strategy like that that's going to go into this or or what? No, yeah, the strategy is just place to park the balls, man. It's, cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, it is. It, it's unique. It, it makes you think. Oh, do I want to use it now, or do I, you know, want to try to get two balls in there, and that way I can play like a one ball multi ball for fifteen seconds? It's, you know, it forces you to think a little bit. And then, of course, activating isn't super easy. You know, you kind of have to plan it a couple seconds ahead of time. And and yeah. is this like a once a multi ball or one one time per multi ball? How does that work? Yeah, right now it's a one-time per multi-ball per ball in play. But like I said, you can add perks to use it multiple times and also have uh, the timer, longer timer. So this is the this is the game where you actually get to play the shark, and th this is this is a a deviation from a lot of the things because in Jurassic Park that would be kind of fun if you could play as the T Rex and you could eat the uh, the villagers or whatever. Or um, Thanos and Avengers. Yeah, or huh? Thanos and you can kill people. Yeah. So <laughs> how were they receptive to that idea? And were they excited about that? Were they nervous about that? Because, you know, it's you're kind of playing the bad guy if you're playing the shark. Yeah, we still haven't fully fleshed out the um, plays as shark. We, you know, we got our storyboards and everything. Uh, licensor was fine with it. Um, yeah. But it's something that we're, we're working on. Hopefully it should be in there. Uh, spring mm -hmm. but um yeah it'll be connected to uh ic so uh as you collect shark teeth uh you can unlock the plays the shark mode which is it's its own entirely own mode kind of like the escape nublar challenge so it's okay. you know, yeah you know, it's the three balls of its own dedicated mini game Okay, that actually that blends into another question that one of my friends asked. Uh, he was over last night and saying that we were interviewing you, and he wanted to know about. So he has a Venom, he has a Venom LE, and with this new phase in in insider connectivity, with the ability to you know either build up experience or, or track things, how is that going to be incorporated into your games, or or do you? Are you planning on, obviously you're planning on that. And uh, how do you view this? Because this is different than all sorts of, before you would go up, you'd hit start and you were starting from scratch every single time. So how has the game changed now? Yeah, we're not doing any, the you know, progression towards like actual gameplay. So uh, you can't log in and smart bomb your way to the, you know, the finale or whatever. So the way we're doing it is, uh, you earn currency known as shark teeth. Uh, you cash this currency in in the form of challenge modes, and each of these challenge modes have their own leaderboard. So, for example, right now, uh, if you have 20 shark teeth, you can unlock the video mode challenge, uh, which is basically the video mode, but with unlimited levels. And it, if things starts getting really hard after, like, level four or five. So I'm actually really excited to see... Uh, the, the leaderboard on this when it goes live. Um, the other one is it plays the shark, and I'm sure we'll, we'll do some more. Uh, we do have a ranking system. Basically, for all the teeth you collect, uh, I think it's uh, 100, 150 something that you're in a shark jaw. Um, each time you're in a shark jaw, you progress your rank 
uh, towards, you know, you're working your way up the, uh, the food chain in the ocean. You start off as a mackerel and you're working your way all the way up to a uh, great white. And I believe it's 15 or 16 uh, ranks between the two. And then you keep your rank right over time. This is like, a, um, this Earned. is kind of the track, yeah, yeah track progression. Yeah, so. yeah. And then I assume yeah, you keep your teeth as well. It's, it's for bragging rights. Uh, yeah, so you have spendable teeth and then you have a lifetime teeth. Your lifetime teeth are what, um, when you have enough to fill in an entire great white jaw, uh, then it becomes a jaw. And then, you know, your teeth reset to whatever you need. But the dispendable teeth, those will keep going as long as you don't spend them. Okay. Are, are these teeth easy to obtain? Like, how is it just hitting like a stand up in the game? Like, how, how are we collecting these teeth? They work very similar towards um, just achievements. Uh, there's just baked in achievements like starting Jaws multi ball, you know, you get okay. a couple teeth. You land a bounty shark, you get a couple teeth. So it's it's all just kind of scattered throughout the game and, you know, doing different things during the game. So kind of similar to like trophies in Avengers, right? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Okay. Easy enough. That's easy to think of. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's, I like that. And it's cool because like if I go out to a location, I'm playing with friends. I can still be working towards progress at home as well, but it's not taking away that gameplay value of the main game. So that's a cool concept like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, I didn't really want to, you know, have you be able to, you know, just kind of jump it into wizard modes. I think uh, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather offer the wizard modes or the challenge modes in a different light. Um, you know, you okay, you want to play this? Okay, yeah, you can try it out. But once you, you know, once you spend your teeth, then you have to accumulate enough teeth to try it again, basically. That's like digital currency almost. Yeah, that yeah. way you won't get sick of the challenge mode. Like, you know, I know people play the Nublar challenge over and over. People who have a topper on Godzilla play the time attack challenge. It's like, same thing, but, you know, you, you actually... You know, you need to earn it, and then hopefully that'll keep it fresh for you. And also, it offers leaderboards, so which is mm-hmm. the other benefit. Okay, so with Jaws, now we all know that Archer was an, an initially your your demo game that you converted to Iron Maiden for your first game. Um, now that Iron Maiden obviously came after you had designed. So for this, this seems very specific to Jaws. And so it seems like you you definitely incorporated the theme into the game design because it's not like this would work for I don't know, Black Widow or Black Panther or something like that. Um, so how would that uh, like how is is that different knowing the theme beforehand or is, is this typical how you you do it now is that you get the theme and you try to figure out how to blend the experience with the theme. Yeah, well, the biggest challenge um, to doing this game in particular was, you know, when we first concepted it, and George was in the meeting too, and he was just, yeah, dude, guys, we got to have a moving fin mech. And yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, we'll figure this out. But I was like pretty adamant that it's not, you know, mick on a stick. It's like, if we're going to do this, it has to pop up in the play field and disappear. I don't want it out there all the time hiding behind a post or whatever. And so Harrison and I, you know, concepted something out and lo and behold, man, the, the footprint of that thing is gigantic. I mean, it's huge. Uh, if you ever look under one of these, you'll see how big it is. And so basically I had to design the entire middle, kind of middle right 
side around this gigantic mech, which is why the shots on the back right side are, are so far back there. Uh, this is the only place I can fit it. Um, so that that's kind of the what you have to take into account when you're designing a game, knowing what you're doing. Whereas, you know, if I took the Archer layout and tried to theme it Jaws, there was no way that mech was going to fit in that playfield layout. I, I and I like this mech because it's like a mashup between like the stand-ups with and uh, Cactus Canyon mixed with like Dracula from Monster Bash. Yeah. And I love that you. I was wondering if it moved back and forth, but as I was watching the stream, it looks like it just kind of moves from left to right, correct? Like it doesn't... It, it can move back and forth, but um, obviously it looks silly, the, the shark fin moving backwards. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shark put it in uh, reverse. And, yeah. shark, sharks yeah. can swim backwards. Yeah, we know that. It technically can. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't. Uh, so, okay. yeah, we're using it in two different ways. We're using it, you know, it's in motion. Uh, we have, I think, three or four different speeds it can move smoothly from left to right and we also have it like you said almost that's a good analogy the cactus canyon uh, pop-up cars we can pop it up anywhere in that track we want uh we call it the quick shot feature so it, it kind of pops up out of the play field for a few seconds and if you hit it you win gear which is our perks um so yeah it, it's it turned out exactly how we uh we drew it up except for the the shape of the fin but you know I, got, I covered that in our podcast. It was, it was yeah. making quite a mess. Well, and the other thing I love about this too, on the stream, this is a moment when this fan comes out. And it's the mix, It's the mixture of the music, what Jerry did with that, shoot, shoot now. You know, it just, it feels like there's some urgency and some pressure on hitting this shot. and it, It's amazing. I love how you guys have set this up. It's just, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerry killed it on this for sure. So. Now, we uh okay there was the um the thing online and you did talk about it in the in your podcast but can you briefly talk about why the why the shark does not eat the ball because <laughs> it seems like that's the, that's the main theme that a few people are really focusing on oh uh, we tried um so what people don't understand we have certain parameters we have to meet from the licensor and you know, they wanted the shark to kind of pop up and scare someone. And it's like, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. But then when you try to add a ball eating mech to that same thing, um, basically it became a shark elevator. So instead of the shark jumping out of the water, uh, we basically had this elevator and the shark moved perfectly horizontal to the play field. Like Godzilla. And it it looked <laughs> exactly. Imagine the building having the shark on top of the building, and that's how lame, that's how lame it looked. Um, hey, so by the way, like, I'm putting a shark on top of my Godzilla building right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we we scrapped out at one, and then we tried uh, we tried another one where it was coming out from under the boat. But the problem is, if have, in order to have it eat the ball, it only come, comes up so far, and you can barely see it. And it was just basically a, a moving scoop. And you know how I love scoops. Yeah. So, uh, all of us kind of stood around this and said, this is stupid. It's like, <laughs> rather have the shark pop way up, pop out really fast, mm -hmm. and then you bash it, it disappears. I want to say this is kind of the first time, like, yeah, you have like the building on Godzilla and it's technically a bash toy, but you can shoot through it. With this, it's like a straight up bash toy. Have you always wanted to do a bash toy? Is this just kind of, this is what it is because of the theme? Yeah, it's kind of what it is with the theme. Um, 
I don't have a thing against bash toys. Uh, I think they can be pretty fun. Uh, I, I guess these are my first bash toy. I would say Iron Maiden. It's it's a ramp shot up the you, middle. Yeah, you have the mum, you have the mummy shot in Iron Maiden. And yeah, yeah, I guess I guess it is. Um, yeah, I didn't even like... think of that, but <laughs> um, yeah, um, it was it was just once we tried it as a bash toy, we we all liked it so much better because it would just mm-hmm. kind of just send us ball wherever the place. Um, like I said, the other thing, um, once it swallows the ball and goes under, okay, then what? Uh, we can't shoot another ball in there. Yeah. And when it comes back up, it's either going to vomit it back out or you, if the scoop method, you're just going to fire it back at you, which is also right. strange. Why is a shark firing, firing something at you? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it, it was a team decision to mm-hmm. ax that. I, I agree with your decision, by the way. I do, too. I just find it funny <laughs> how much yeah. – like the memes have been ridiculous. I don't know if this is like people really care or they're just – they found they're something trolling. To, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're totally they're, trolling. They're chumming. They're chumming. Yeah. Uh, they can troll all they want. I don't care. <laughs> I, I think I know what makes the game fun and what doesn't. And yeah. I didn't like it. So, yeah. <laughs> so suck it, community. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's great. Um, no, I really, I'm really liking the shark mech. Uh, it's very unique. The, the other thing I want to point out, too, I've noticed that one of the things that you really like are captive balls. And and in this game, uh, the captive ball is is the the boat, and I find it interesting that the directional play from the ball inside the boat. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen something like this. I, I don't. Is there inspiration where this came from? I can't really think of another game where it does it. It's. I don't, I don't think there is either. Um, unless there's some old EM, but um, well, it seems like a variation a little bit on like the Amy shot, the Congo, like the under where the you're punching. But it seems like a step removed from it because you're hitting the ball and it's it's you know so it's a it's it's almost instead like a pool ball. shot instead of a gorilla yeah. slapping the ball around it's you slapping the ball around yeah no but it, but it, it seems like a pool shot because you have the cue ball and then you're sit you're hitting another ball to hit a target and that's I don't know how many that this is the first time I can consider you have to hit the ball a ball to hit another shot. Yeah, so that started off originally, um, it was more of a very target bash toy. Um, so you had the back of the boat, you kind of hit the back of the boat, the back of the boat would kind of just it'd give away a little bit and then supposedly supposed to push the ball back, but it ended up just like the ball would hit it, the ball would die, and it would just dribble down. It was like, oh, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. So we went back to the drawing board, and then I had the idea of, like you said, coming of not an omnidirectional, but um, more of a directional captive ball. Whereas, like, hey, you know, since this thing is direct in the middle of the play field, perfectly horizontal, we can, you know, we can have a traveling captive ball in a little, uh, little cage there that we can, you know, depending on what direction I hit it, we can hit different targets. And so we tried it out. Oh, this is really cool. So the initial um, code, you had to hit uh, later on in the game. You had to hit like each individual target with the captive ball in order to you know like the modes later in the game but then it became more frustrating than fun so now we save the actual um having to hit a certain target with the ball for certain modes okay so getting into that you you have mentioned a few times about code evolving um 
it seems like your games haven't had a major code overhaul. It seems like it's a natural progression. There are some other games that have had, you know, almost complete reboots. Uh, Ghostbusters come to mind where it's it almost in Walking Dead also comes to mind where it became all, almost a completely different game later on in the development cycle. But we haven't really seen that from you. Um, the, the question is, what would prompt uh, the change in code? Uh, and and in the and what does prompt it either from a minor standpoint or like a major overhaul? I, it does happen in my games. You just don't know about it because I catch it early. <laughs> um, there was there was plenty of times Godzilla. Um, I remember that the way the the city inserts worked were completely different and. Um, we with the direction we went it didn't like it so we just changed it hey you know you just play this mode once in each city you get your annihilation bonus or whatever move on uh with jaws um there were some minor things like the chum bucket uh we kind of changed the rules on that we changed uh the rules on of the, the bash boat so like i said it was stuff that um just was you know you're hitting a wall in gameplay wise just because you know something is a little too hard so we, we changed things around, uh, like the chum bucket. Originally, you had to hit the chum bucket, and then I was like, "Well, this this is too hard." And it's also, you know, people backed in the same thing ten times. So uh, we added like once you chum the water, you know, it, it stays on water. It kind of moves around on the RGBs, uh, kind of floats around the game. So you can hit those as well. You know, add some more flow to the game and make it less, you know, central. You know, bashing some central toy over and over. Mm -hmm. how, how do you decide what is because obviously your games speak to all spectrums of the pinball player from from beginner to super expert how how do you balance these games out and figure the chum bucket is too hard or whatnot because i assume every game you play you're you're very well rehearsed in, in playing it and so or you can you can obviously get deeper into it than than say someone that's been only in the hobby for a year how, how are you learning to balance these games for that yeah, it's a learning process. Um, you know, I have, you know, other people play it and get their feedback. Um, for this game, we, we, we hired Elizabeth Gieske, who's a, uh, um, you guys saw her, probably saw her on the stream. She, mm -hmm. She's a, I think she came on the scene a couple of years ago, but she's, you know, already been hitting up the tournament. She's a very good player and she has a lot of good of ideas. And when she came on board, you know, we sort of started bouncing ideas back and forth and, uh, one of the things I kept telling her, and she agreed, is um, her measurement was, does my mom understand this? And if not, maybe we should, you know, revisit it. And th those words she said, are they ring so true. You know, if a novice player walks up to it and is completely confused, with, you know, what's going on, then we're not doing our job very well. So like I said, this isn't for us. This isn't for tournament players. We got to make something that everybody likes. So the key to that is, you know, make something easy, obvious goals up front with like deep strategies later. Thanks. Okay. Uh, this is a submitted question. We know you have a lot of Easter eggs in your games. Can you give us some hints on some Easter eggs that we should be looking for in Josh? Uh, there's none yet. That's usually 1.0 stuff. Okay. Okay. Besides, so is Gary now going to become like the Stanley of Marvel? He's just going to show up randomly in the artwork because, because I know he's swimming in the water by the way. He's floating. But... In, he's he's not swimming. He's floating. He's chum. Oh yeah, yeah Gary is chum <laughs> in the water. 
Yeah, we put him in Godzilla too, but I don't think many people found him. Oh, where where's he in Godzilla? <laughs> he's on Mecha Godzilla scaffolding with his uh, his um, he's got a little chart with him. Oh, okay. really? That's kind of funny. Because I know yeah. he's one of the aliens and Foo Fighters under the right upper flipper, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So. He, yeah, he we, must have, we be had fun uh, hiding him in there, so we decided to do it again, but not as hidden. <laughs> he, he's he's the uh, the new cow that just appears everywhere. Just the, <laughs> find the Gary. Yeah, find the Gary. Every you game, we'll, we'll, we'll hide Gary somewhere. Can you kind of speak to, so when, when this game first revealed, or whatever that was, a lot of people were complaining about Brody, but then once we saw the, the footage and stuff, Brody is very predominant in all the video and stuff but he's not really on the artwork. Can you kind of speak to like, is that like a decision that you guys made or is it something that the licensor asked, Hey, no Brody on, on the, the, the play field. So the way licensing works, there's um, likeness rights and, you know, the mechanical rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if he's in the movie, yeah, we can use it. Uh, in order to draw him, we need his permission. And as a state didn't even respond to us, Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, we had to work with um, Dreyfus and um, the estate of Shaw. Um, yeah, Robert, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Mm-hmm. And they worked with us. So we were able to draw them, you know, and, you know, pose them any way we want. You know, and you see that in the artwork. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we couldn't get a hold of uh, uh, the Brody estate. Mm. Is that is that kind of why you have, because I know on the premium on the right side, it shows Brody, but it's coming from the backside of him looking at the shark. And that's kind yeah, of a scene yeah. from the movie. So is that why that's there? Yeah, because that was most likely a stunt double anyway. So, you know, ah, that's fine. I, every back looks the same, right? Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So uh, we did. Ha- this is another question that my friend said. So you said three flippers when we talked to you last time. And we were talking about the next game, three flippers on the right side. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll give you a. I'll, I'll give you points that they're all connected to the right side, but you know, okay. So yeah. can you give us a sneak peek on the flipper count for your next game? Four. Nice. Four. Okay. How many fins? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kidding. kidding. <laughs> I hear they make excellent natural ramps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was so bad. Break any break any glasses with the uh, with the oh, jump ramp, with the jump us. shark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that. Yeah, we probably should have saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad that you tried it because you don't know until you try it, right? Right. Well, here's the thing: when we test games, we generally don't have the glass on. So if we shoot a ball, it's it off. Ends up com- Completely outside the cabinet, we probably oh, wow. have a problem. Yes. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> so what? you've obviously had some extra time and whatnot, like Scott was saying. Can you tell me how many designs ahead you are or how many you, you've got in the pipeline? No. Uh, my time is occupied by uh, Bond 60th there, which is uh, uh, okay. why I'm not so far ahead on my next one. But um, That was actually my volunteering when I found out that you know this was getting pushed back a bit. I was like, well, you know. They were looking for someone to do Bond 60th, and I raised my hand. And kind of worked out perfectly. You kind of just snuck that entire design in while this design was already done. Uh, and before I started on my next design, which I didn't know what it was at the time, so it was just kind of a perfect, you know, the holding pattern. Uh, a little, no. little availability for me to get a 
do a, a single level game, which I, I really like. I I have mine upstairs. And I love shooting it. It's a great game. It's it is fun to shoot. It's it's very unique, and I'm glad you did it too. Are you are you looking to do more outside of Cornerstones, or is just Cornerstones the the way forward? And if something falls in your lap, kind of situation. Oh, I'll always raise my hand to do a unique project, but uh, yeah, nothing in the works right now. Well, the other thing too, Goma is actually pointing this out. I hadn't really thought about it, but you're kind of the king of the monsters right now. Like you, you're, you've done Godzilla, and now like Jaws is kind of a monster. T Rex uh, was a monster. Yeah. So is this Iron kind Maiden, of your... Eddie? Eddie's Eddie, a, monster. Eddie a monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is this Thanos kind of a, a monster? <laughs> is this a signature for you, or is this like a, I, you know, it's just the cards you've been dealt. <laughs> it's fine with me. Um you know, whatever makes a fun game. And I think monsters kind of lend perfectly to that. So I'll, I'll keep doing them. It's fine with me. It beats uh, doing music pins. <laughs> <laughs> so um, no more music pins sell. <laughs> True. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have a ton of creative freedom on them. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you're telling us you're not lining up for like a, like Billy a, Joel. you got Billy, Billy Joel coming out. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I got one. Okay. Kay. Go for it. Um, we all know you're, you're a big fan of classics games and, and kind of the retro feel of games, but obviously the future of pinball has been changing into, you know, you have insider connectivity, you have deeper code, like the stuff from Bally Williams and the, you know, the nineties stuff, it just, it, it doesn't cut it anymore because you have people who are buying the majority of these games and putting them in their homes. So they're really exploring so what do you feel the future of pinball is moving toward? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the more we can offer connectivity-wise, the better experience you're going to have in the home. So like I said, what we're doing with Jaws is you know, offering unlockable currency, kind of like when you play Call of Duty, you, you know, you're earning XP and you're unlocking skins or whatever. So that's kind of what we're doing with this. You're unlocking... Uh, challenge modes, and I'm, I'm sure we'll figure out some other things you can unlock. Uh, you know, the leaderboards I think are going to be super cool for like the challenge modes. Like, like I said, when you're doing the, the video mode, which is you know completely different than pinball, it's a different skill set. So I'm, I'm really curious to see the leaderboards for our video mode challenge, and I think uh, I think people are going to love that. I think anything you can do to you know connect scores, compare them to other people. Uh, especially in the video mode, because you can't take the glass off and cheat that. So it's, I think it'll be a uh, super fun. Definitely. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, how do you, how do you prevent cheating? I mean, obviously, if you look at the score and it says Carl D'Angelo next to it, you're like, oh, never mind. But, <laughs> but if, but if I'm beating Carl, then there's an issue. There's rubber bands on the outlanes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we have verified location and not. So you know, if you're in a verified, if you're at Logan Arcade, you're probably not going to be able to the glass off cheating, I and mean, someone will see you. So, you know, can we 100% stop it? No, but, you know, we can we can put some safeguards in place. Mm-hmm. So your team stayed pretty consistent from all your designs and whatnot. Uh, and you typically bring a person in or two whatnot. Liz seems to be the new person on this game. How has her help with contribution, has it changed kind of your process a little bit? Has it just been, I don't know, how, how, how has it changed things up for you? Uh, Liz is Liz Elizabeth. I don't know if she even goes by Liz. Oh, okay, but, Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> maybe she does. Um, she has basically in- implemented uh, the rules I've written. She's also written some rules herself. 
um, most notably uh, Casting Catch and uh, Scars. Um, she's great because she'll, you know, she'll put in when I what I write, and then she'll like, well, you know, I think this will work better this way. So she'll, you know, she'll kind of tailor them to make them better because um, it's easier for her because she's right there programming it. She can make changes on the fly rather than having to make me a build and send it to me. Um, like I said, we bounce back and forth ideas. You know, how is the average person going to understand this? How are they going to understand that? And, you know, what can we do, you know, text-wise on a screen to help, you know, better understand what's going on? So, you know, she she's a pinball genius. So, you know, you don't need to explain anything to her. She she just picks up on everything right away and knows exactly, you know, how the mode should work, what makes it fun, and how best to explain it to both, you know, expert and novice players. Now, we've talked about this before. Um, before you took your job at Stern, you played a lot more competitive pinball. But as you've moved to Stern, and I, we all need a break from work, right? And so you, you, you have stepped a little bit back from the competitive pinball scene, even though you still show up for majors. Um, do you still get the same buzz by going to pinball tournaments that you used to? Uh, not really. Um... It was something I did for so long. I mean, I, my first tournament was in 1993. That's how long I've been doing it. Nice. And uh, well, when I lived in uh, Carlsbad, I had a whole room full of games set up. Super tournament hard, you know. I had the outlines gone, steep, wax, or whatever. And that, that was kind of like my training ground for when I would go to a tournament. And now I have like, you know, three or four games that I, I don't really play at home other than the game I'm testing. And I, yeah, it's just, um, it's like one or the other. It's ha really hard to focus on both. So one of the things that you've talked to about to us about before is um, when you, when this game release, when you're, when your game releases, you're pretty much sick of it because you've been playing it nonstop for like the two months prior. Same situation with Jaws, getting it prepared or since you had a break, is it kind of like refreshing coming back and be like, oh, yeah, I do remember this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've been playing nothing but Jaws for the past six months. So, yeah, when I went to Indus, you know, playing anything other than Jaws felt weird. And, it, you know, it's a hard feeling to describe. Like I said, you know, I, it's my own fault. I know I can go out and play other games. But I just haven't uh, chosen to. And, you know, it's fine. I wouldn't say I'm sick of it. Like, I, I never got sick of Godzilla. I never got sick of Avengers. I never got sick of Iron Maiden or uh, Jurassic. But there, there is a time it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good not playing it for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, usually, you know, once we hit 1.0 and then we start like dabbling in the next game, then uh, yeah, I'll take a break. And, and speaking of big tournaments, Pinburg is back. So, and and you're the king of Pinburg, if I understand correctly. So, <laughs> are you are you planning on being there, or are they? Even... No, I, I can't make it that weekend. Uh, maybe, maybe you can play but, virtually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right. Well. Uh, <laughs> We'll see. Uh, next year, maybe hopefully they'll grow some and won't fall on a weekend that I already had plans. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see how it goes there. I'm, I'm excited that you know those guys were. I, I believe Doug is uh, spearheading this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if if I remember correctly, Doug was on Pinball Profile with Jeff Teola. So if you want to hear more about yep. that experience, go over and check that out. It was a really good interview. So. How has the uh, now you are in the new facility now you have you have officially moved. Has that changed anything from what uh, you are in charge of and what your plans are? 
No, but I lost my window view. <laughs> no. Well, I'm in a much bigger office now, but yeah, I did lose my view. But mm -hmm. uh, that's cool. I have my new office. I can probably cram, you know, six or seven uh, machines in there. It's so much bigger than the old office. And uh, yeah, the building is really cool. Uh, I'm sure you've seen like footage of it and where we streamed the other night. You can see it over the, the yeah, it, farm, it all the banners huge. we have hanging up. Yeah, it looks yeah, huge. It's, it's really cool. Well, that's what made me chuckle too. So I was watching the videos between the new presentation video, which I loved, by the way, with, with Gomez and you kind of just doing a brief five minute. This is what it is. That this was is how great. we're doing. Do that every uh, time. Seriously. Yeah, 100%. But it was funny because I was, I'd been in the new facility and I saw that was in the lineup, like right as you walk through the front. It's not right as you walk in the front door, but if you walk in the front door, you can see over that location. I'm like, how did you guys sneak that up front without you just guys not plan tours for that day? And you're like, okay, let's say we're sticking Jaws up front and we're doing this this presentation. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to see through all those uh, all those doors. <laughs> okay. I know what you're talking about. You can kind of uh, see through the whole building there, but um, it, it's really hard to make anything out. Trust me, we we've all tried. <laughs> hey, can we can we see that from there? Uh, I guess we really can't. It seems like at any given time, there is a Keith Elwin game on the line. So, does that put pressure on you with your next games? I mean, obviously, Godzilla was, uh, to put it bluntly, a monster. It be it's it's highly rated. It's uh, it it's really did the unthinkable and it took over medieval madness for the number one rate ranking, which uh, medieval madness has been there forever. Was there any concern with you coming out with the next game to say, wow, that I, I hit a huge high mark on my last game. How was this one going to be received? Yeah. I mean, I can't think like that. I just got to like, Hey, Here's what I have to work with. Here's what I'm thinking. Let's let's try to make this work. And, um, you know, I, I take you know, not to sound too baseball-y, but you know, one game at a time, and uh, not worry about what I did in the past. Other than I'm trying not to like repeat designs, which is one of the reasons that this game kind of, if you walk up to it, it looks different than my other designs. It's because I'm trying, you know, trying something new. It's like you walk up you look at it oh these shots look familiar but then when you shoot them when they go a completely different path than what you're expecting you know so i was you know trying something a little out of the box for me and i think it worked uh, i really like the way it flows so you spoke that you uh worked on jurassic park 30th what did you do to help kind of bring that to fruition and and what's different about that than because I, I it kind of looks like just an art package slapped on but it sounds like there's more that was involved well, it was the adding the whole co-op stuff was a uh, very time consuming and stuff that we had to, you know, we had to draw out say, okay, what, what can we share? What can we not share? Um, it, it was very time consuming to figure out, you know, what, how to balance it between the teams. Like, hey, so if this person lights, you know, two control rooms, does this mean the third person only has this one option left? This, you know, a lot more goes in the co-op than uh, you might realize. I, say, I didn't okay. think I knew that I, I this didn't had even co-op. I didn't even know that was a, so. Is that so? I have an LE. Is that on the the LE also now? Every Jurassic Park has it now. So that was the benefit oh. of doing doing the thirtieth is that everyone's game now has co-op. Oh wow! So I... Both flipper buttons. You'll see the co-op menu. You know, there's uh, co-op three three against one, two on two, one on one, and um, yeah, I think I think there's something else. 
I don't remember. Oh wow! So d- definitely was, check that it, out. I I didn't even know that was a that was a thing. Nor did I. Yeah, yeah that's uh, you asked what was so time consuming. It, it was, you know, Raymond helped with that too. Rick Raymond and myself just kind of like sat down and was like, well, this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to share. This is what's not going to share. And this is how this is going to work under this circumstance. And it, it was very complicated. I was saying. All the UI works. So now we're showing like each team is now color coded and where they are respective to each other on the map. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of work went into that. Rick, you know, Rick and uh, Raymond really busted their butt on that. So is it kind of similar to Turtles, where everyone works together? If you get if one person gets to a mini wizard mode, everyone gets to a mini wizard mode. How, how on does your that team, work? Yes, or yeah, it depends what it is. Some of them, like uh, King of the Island, I know that you know whoever gets to it first gets to it. But like I think most of them are set up that if one person gets there, it's lit for the next person. Okay. Yeah, I was not aware. I oh, I don't feel yeah. like this was pushed at all. I didn't know there was co op at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next and that's up, funny I, Scott I, owns the game too. Yeah, I, 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 I like. Well, okay, okay. I just been, did a major rehaul on my uh, on my room, and I brought down Godzilla. I brought down Rush, and I brought so. I've been playing those a lot more because they were in my garage and they were so cold. So it's, it's nice to have them down now. Well, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I finally got Iron Maiden and Godzilla in the same room. Yeah, we, we got more call outs added too. We, uh, Rick Z came and did another session for us for uh, the Jurassic Park call out. So yeah, uh, it, it, it was a solid update. Yeah, that's, that's great to know. So, so I've noticed, you know, Jaws is Spielberg, uh, um, Jurassic Park is Spielberg. Is there any Spielberg t- like movie you you would just die to do? Is, is Spielberg? Are you a fan of Spielberg? Or Duel, man. Duel, Duel. Yeah, I don't know what Duel is. <laughs> That's his first movie. Oh, is it? Hmm. Yep. It's Going uh, way basically back in the ball. it's basically Jaws. It's a big truck. It's chasing a little car, and you know. Wow, I've I've never <laughs> even heard this. Now I'm gonna have to look this up. Yeah, it's, Solid it's, it, movie. you guys should watch it. Be like George Luke uh, doing a George Lucas. The was a THX one five seven or wh- whatever that uh, that sci fi movie he did before uh, he did Star Wars. <laughs> I'll have okay. to check this out. That is pretty random. All right, <laughs> so I'm just so much older than you guys. That, that's that's not true. <laughs> I I. <laughs> I turned 50 this year. <laughs> okay. Well, to be fair, my mom, it was one of my mom's favorite movies. So when I was a kid, oh. she would was like, oh, it's on. Watch it. You know, like, That's how I knew about it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, if, if you rewound to what my mom watched all the time, it was Murder, She Wrote. So if you want to do a Murder, oh. She Wrote uh, pinball machine, that, that, that would oh, be great. Be, I would be, be all epic. in. Be all that'd in. That would be epic. Yeah. yeah. I, I think she's actually a serial killer, though. She's in a very small town in Maine, and everybody dies. Yeah, everybody like, dies. Like she's the one who's doing it all. Okay, yeah, that, it's just like a diehard Bruce Willis wherever he goes. Yeah, terrorists. yeah. Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in keeping with the theme of the uh, of the water, so if you are on a desert island and you could only have one triple drain guy, so you have Ooh. Joel, you have Tom. And you have Travis. Who would you want on the island and why? Uh, on a deserted island? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I saw Castaway. And I 
saw his two things, so I'm taking Tom. You're thinking Tom. Okay. Tom. Oh, you know what? That is that's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Which yeah, is funny because yeah. Tom's follow-up question is, "Why don't you like him?" Yeah. <laughs> Any kind of tooth pain, Tom? What's going yeah, on? That's right. Yep. You know what? That's... Yeah, I'll drive him nuts. Yeah. That, that, hey, you know what? You, you you went a completely different direction. I just thought like. <laughs> Joel would be better at back rubs. Travis would do feet rubs. Travis could cook. I'm not exactly sure, but toothache. You know what? I I'm with you yeah. on that. Uh, my yeah. my job is to take away pain too, so I I'm totally on board with that. Scott's making anesthesia out of like coconut husks. Yeah, and... <laughs> blending coconuts. Yeah, that'd be great. You can just Distilling. grab an ice skate and you know, yep. knock that tooth out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that awesome. awesome. Okay, all-time favorite game from the 70s and all-time favorite game from the 80s. From the 70s? Oh. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I guess I would have to say Harlem. And I remember being at the bowling alley when they unboxed that. I was just a little kid. I was like, wow, this game is so cool because I was you know, a little kid into the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm -hmm. and it's like, I would play that thing for days. Um, uh, 80s. If you, you know, haven't I just set my torpedo alley back up, and I was like, "Man, 80s are so campy." Oh, yes, you, you mean the painted on pants? The, the... Yeah, painted on pants. <laughs> Those are really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, man, Whirlwind really stands out to me as you know one of my favorite 80s games, and then of course the classic valleys, you know, Frontier Skateball. Sure. You're gonna make me choose one. Yeah, this is a desert uh, island. We're still on the desert this is a island. Desert island. I'm definitely taking whirlwind. Okay. That's and, a really and, good choice. And, and and the big one, the nineties. One desert island pin from the nineties. Um I'm gonna have to say Congo. Okay. Nice. I, I I've got it's probably my favorite shooting nineties game. It's a good one. It's a good one. It really is. I, it's, it, there's not as many produced as people thought. No. Um, I think a lot of them got converted to a monster bash. And mm -hmm. stuff. I remember back in the day in search of Congo to part out and convert to a you know, monster bash. And there was one there. Okay. There was one that was like a black and white option too. If I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, I think there was some kind of kid or something. I don't, yeah. I don't really remember. I know somebody has a Harrier one that they used to bring to Expo and had a gorilla fur on the outside of it. It was very strange to play. <laughs> like it was rubbing hair on your hands as you flipped the buttons? The entire cabinet was covered in fur, yeah. Fur? It's a fur. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's... That sound insulation. You know, you, you play that and the, yeah. the, the, the sound doesn't go anywhere. That's a good point, but yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was kind of an interesting I, mod. I knew that because I never thought it was weird growing up that my parents put carpet on the walls, I, legitimately carpet on the wall. Like you go to Graceland and you see the carpet on the ceiling and people think it's so weird. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I grew up with that. <laughs> <laughs> then I figured out that my parents were like, you know what? You guys are down there and loud. So just shut up. <laughs> so I, are you going to try to do more upper play fields or is this kind of like one and done kind of thing or never say never, but um, we'll see. Okay. The, the horizontal spinners though, that uh, w did that prime the pun? Okay. 
did you do this first or because you have them on uh, Bond 60? This is a completely different type. Um, if you're familiar with the Jurassic Park uh, premium, the yeah. helicopter spinner. Yeah, yeah. It's more it's more based on that where it's a top loaded disc with playfield underneath it, whereas like the uh, um, the Bond 60th is actually a mechanism that comes up from underneath the playfield and is completely routed out whole. Um, and the ball hits, you know, post on the on the disc itself, whereas this it's all completely above the play field. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a lot lighter. I I do like that when you hit that spinner because like you have to reel in your shark with it. That is yeah. that is cool that it sounds like an actual reel reeling in your shark. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I needed something to slow the ball down because without that, if you take that thing off, that ball whips around there so incredibly fast that it's it, it's just crazy. So I needed something to slow it down, and a, uh, a standard spinner would not do it. So I was like, well, you know, I can theme this as a fishing reel and use a disc. It's, so it's a metal disc with a plastic on top, and it's counterweighted to always go to the same spot. And that creates a lot of weight, so it really slows the ball down, so it, it feeds the uh, the figure eight, you know, mm -hmm. the little catch portion of the mini flipper. So that, that's where that was born. And then uh, it, I used it again in the upper play field because it, it kind of just fit perfectly there as the ship's wheel. I wonder there, if I can solve that on Godzilla because that uh, basically the repeatable shot from the upper flipper, I can get it twice and then it's just, it's going way too fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Godzilla, man, if you keep that thing waxed, it, it is so hard. Man. Yeah. yeah. Jaws is the same way. It's, it is a really fast game. You don't realize it until you're in front of it. That center ramp just whips so quickly, you know, right back at you. I'm, I'm hearing very positive reviews from people that have already got to play these in arcades and whatnot. And and that's one of the first things they say is it's it's a very fast mover and they weren't expecting the upper playfield to to uh, you you have to get used to it because it just it goes so fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading these stream comments. Nobody's shooting the upper playfield. It's like no, we are. You just don't see it because it's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you you'll you'll see it when you when you play at the upper playfield. Uh, yeah, you have about one second to aim and flip, and then it's you know, ball's gone. So, it, it, like I said, it, it's a flow-based upper play field. Um, I get that on stream that probably doesn't really come across too well, but when you're playing it, I actually, I really like it. I like it too because it rewards you for making the shot and it punishes you if you don't. Like, if you miss, it drains right down, or not drains, but it shoots it towards the middle of the flippers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that was one of the first things I knew or noticed. I was like, man, this upper play field just looks like it's got so many unique shot combinations. How, how, what's the top different amount of shot combos you can do? Like if you're string a bunch of shots together, what's the most, most you can string together? Mm, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Okay. We don't have a, a standard combo system on this game. We have modes that are combo based. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I know Iron Maiden was six. I think uh, Jurassic was six. If you can do more than six, then yeah, yeah you're doing something good. Mm. Yeah. It seems like the left out lane is significantly lower than the right out lane. Um, is there, does that feed into, in, into the design process? Because the bottom line is the, the kickers, the, the, the goal of the kickers is to shoot it toward the out lane. I mean, it's to, so how does that change when you're, when your kickers are roughly the same because it doesn't really at least uh, just from my eye it doesn't seem like it's shooting to the outline 
Um, yeah, it probably doesn't. Um, it really, slingshots are fairly safe on this game. And um, first for me, they're uh, uh, non-symmetrical uh, slingshots. The right oh. one is smaller than the left one. Hmm. And that was to accommodate the ball screaming down the, uh, the left lane uh, and feeding the in lane. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of slingshots to just dump the ball in the out lane. I think mm-hmm. they create enough chaos as it is that they don't need to do that too. Mm-hmm. That's just one of the reasons why my games have always had the slingshots further back as mm-hmm. well. But you also have, and you have two posts down on, on each side. On Jurassic Park, you just had one on the left. And so is it, uh, tell me about that. It seems a little bit like Cactus Canyon where it'll, it'll freeze it. And is there something that pops up that you have to shoot? like a time shot or, or what's the point of those? Uh, only on the first, um, the first time when you're first starting multi-ball, when you have to, you have time hitting the fin target, mm-hmm. uh, the, fo- the post will come up, it'll do a, you know, shoot it, shoot it now. And then it releases and you have to shoot the moving fin. That's the only time uh, we're using a timed you know, feature like that. Uh, we tried it, um, you know, for every one of the, the lock shots as it were, and Elizabeth's like, oh, God, I hate this post. And I'm like, yeah, me too. So we just, we'll just do it for the first one to introduce people to the mechanic and, you know, make this little mini moment. And then uh, we'll just use it to stop the ball for mode starts and uh, whatnot after that. Can you not post transfer on this one? Because I know with, like, Godzilla, you really can't. Uh, these are looking yeah, pretty far can. back. I mean, the, all my games you can. It's just harder than. You, you just have you to know. be better, Josh. Yeah, exactly. Way better. <laughs> it's okay. I will say, after moving my Godzilla downstairs, uh, I don't know if if the way it's set up, hitting that scoop is one of the hardest shots. Like for some reason, like I okay. and I don't know if like maybe the play field's not leveled to the right, but sometimes I nail it and it just kicks right back out. So I will say, if you have aftermarket flipper rubber, it may, might be impossible to do uh, post pass on. Yeah. Flipper. With the standard black factory rubber, it's possible, yeah. Okay. I've got to ask. So it's really random. I don't know if, if people have seen this picture. I'll probably put it as, as the podcast picture. But it's you, Richard Dreyfus, and Jody Dankberg. For some <laughs> odd reason, he's holding up a little donut. Yeah, donut, yeah. what's up yeah. with the donut? And, and why does Richard he, look like he's so ticked in the picture? Like he just doesn't. <laughs> he hurt himself playing pickleball like a couple of days before we oh. recorded. Yeah. He was uh, he was on some meds and um, he needed to eat he needed to eat donuts he needed some sugar he needed to eat donuts and um, I think he had some diet Dr Pepper or something with him and then he had a few donuts left over so when we we're, were done recording he handed both Jody and I a donut I said, you guys want a donut <laughs> so we posed with the donut you know I, I, hey if you post with the donut that's a good thing you know. Yeah, he's like, hey, I got a donut from Richard Drivers today. Of yeah. course, I can't post that because, you know, it's a secret. But... Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you actually kept it home and you put in a plexiglass and it's on your desk now. So I think I think Jody did. I think Jody had him sign it. That's awesome. Wow. How, how was it working with Richard and the callouts? Oh, it was great. It was funny. He, um, it's, it's like almost like he didn't know what he was recording. Mm-hmm. He was thinking, oh, yeah. So, so this casino game, I was like, oh no, the pinball machine. He's like, oh, and he's like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> like I said, I know he, I know he had a rough couple of days because of his mm. pickleball injury. So, mm. um, 
but yeah, we, Jody and I were both excited for him to show up. He showed up and he was really nice, cordial. And then, well, let me know what you want. So he went through and read everything way too fast. And then, and so we're like, oh yeah, can you slow this down a little bit? And a little more emphasis on here and there. And... Okay. I really hope that you got him to do the, what about Bob call out where, um, <laughs> where he's, he's tied to the boat. He's like, I'm sailing, I'm sailing. <laughs> <laughs> I did get him to say, this means something. <laughs> close encounters i don't think nice. he understood <laughs> oh that, that was a long time ago like yeah, seven, yeah. 77 so or something time, yep next time we're playing with our mashed potatoes yeah bust that clip out okay did you know that this is weird trivia with steven spielberg and george lucas did you know that they they had a bet on which uh movie would make more money star wars and close encounters and so they saw so they each gave each other a small portion of the movie as the bet and huh. star Wars. I obviously star Wars completely obliterated uh, close encounters, but they, they, they were both, uh, uh, George Lucas was confident that close encounters was going to make way more money. <laughs> I liked it. The movie as a kid, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I remember the, the pinball machine came out and I was like, yeah, and I started playing it. Wow. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That, that That is the worst when you have a dream theme and you go and play it and you're like, yeah, I think I can pass yeah. on that. Yeah. The 70s were tough for Gottlieb. Yeah. So when you were storyboarding, was Quint and shark hunting always kind of the, this is the way we're going? Or did you have any other storyboards for? Well, I mean, this is kind of a tough license to work with as far as like things to do pinball wise. So um, we had to come up with a way to kind of, you know, fill some space. And one of those ways is, well, how does Quinn earn a living? Well, he's a bounty hunter. He basically goes after sharks and, you know, collects a reward on them. So we decided to integrate that into the game itself. Mm -hmm. And so we took all sharks that they mentioned in the movie, or at least Dreyfus mentioned in the movie, or, you know, Quinn did in stories. And then we, you know, that's how we came up with the, the four other sharks. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say, yeah, because I just watched Jaws recently this past couple of weeks, and, and I was noticing that all the sharks that were in the movie you'd put in the game, like the tiger shark and the Mako and whatnot. So, well, and you have the license yeah. plate, right? Yeah. And the license plate that you uh, took out of the, was it a tiger shark or like in the movie, I can't remember which shark they pull it out of the gut and they're like, Oh yeah, this yeah. is it. It's like, there's the tiger shark. Yeah. 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 It's actually part of the, uh, the player screen in the top yeah. middle. It tells you what exactly, ball. Yeah. From Louisiana. So Keith, uh, I mean, obviously Stern did Baywatch and it had a shark in it. Have, did you guys <laughs> think about repurposing that and putting that in this game? We thought about it. Um, we do not know where that tool is anymore. So The tool for the, the, the flipper mech? Yeah. Okay. It was actually a topper. Oh, it was. It was, it was yeah. It was built into the top of a, a mini flipper. It wasn't oh. all one molded piece. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. And then, um, and, and Baywatch has, it's kind of like Phantom Flip for Monster Bash and whatnot. Did you guys ever consider yeah, putting yeah, that in God, with this? No, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> okay, seriously, that, that shot never works, by the way. Like, Trust it, me, nothing about Baywatch was thought about in the, during this game, other than that they're both blue. Wait, you mean you don't have a Pamela Anderson cameo of running across the screen away from the shark? <laughs> that's the Easter egg yeah. right there. That's the Easter yeah, egg. That, that's the best video mode ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
that definitely has to be in the 3D. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. I'm getting my 3D glasses. <laughs> that is great. Okay. Actually, that is one thing I didn't bring up. We didn't bring up. So you have the 3D mode. And so you have the glasses. How does that work? Do you like, okay, you got the move and you just throw them on real quick. Because you can, you can enable it or you can disable it, obviously. But uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun little Easter egg uh, tidbit thing because Jaws, Jaws was 3D. Like Jaws 3 was Jaws 3D. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was just a fun little thing we thought of because when we're, you know, doing this video mode based on an old rifle game where you're, you know, you're standing at a rifle and you're looking depth-wise, you know, mm -hmm. technically you're looking straight ahead, but it's a mirror and you're looking down that gives you this great depth. So I was like, I wonder if we can, you know, if we use 3D, we can kind of simulate, you know, the sharks are back here and then they're marking their way towards you. Uh, our art guys, you know, took a few stabs on it and they were like, well, yeah, check it out. This actually works. So we're like, cool. So, yeah. And then George sat and he's like, oh, my God, this is awesome. We're going to include 3D glasses with every game. And we're like, oh, awesome. That's fine. Now yeah, you can... I was gonna say now you can buy your stern pin gulp for your for your machine to hold your glasses. There and you go. Your the glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now the glasses were mainly meant for the, the challenge mode when you're playing multiple levels. Yeah. Like, I don't expect you to like whip out the glasses to play you know a twenty second video mode and then take them off. You can. That's why we left that option in there. But uh, realistically, it's for the challenge mode. Oh, okay. Because that's a that actually that does play into my childhood because I swear every single like three books like from the book fair they were huge when I was a kid like oh, it, yeah. for some reason it's like I don't know it was, and also the the paint by dots where it had the the paint already there and you just put like water on them they blended all together like that was yeah, definitely my childhood guy, you know our art guys all ruined their vision to to make this one possible mm. so he said he uh, Zach would be wearing um, his glasses for so long he would take them off he's like if I look at a white wall and close one eye it's completely red it's like the uh -huh. guy with cyan he's like yeah so I tried it too I put the glasses on for like a minute took them off mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god yeah the, the, the color of the wall is changing yep it takes a good it takes a good 20 minutes for your vision to, to get back to normal how, we, how do you find because when you're playing this mode it's like the old school bells yeah, it, and reels awesome. and old yeah the yeah. clicker mode like how did you get those sounds without like tell like telling anyone like we need to find this machine to get its sounds um jerry has quite a big catalog of uh electromechanical sounds still okay yeah because i'm like it sounds pretty spot on to what was in the movie and i've never played this game i heard it's not that like the 70s game's not that great so <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not it's awful <laughs> most it's of awful. those games are terrible like <laughs> yeah if if this you buy, awful. yeah. If you buy a lot of those games and put them in your house, you'll play them for like five minutes because there's a reason why you put a quarter in, and that was kind of the attention level that that game deserved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some shooting games I really enjoy, um, mostly the older ones. Yeah, that one is from uh, that one uses I think it uses a, like a projector, mm -hmm. some kind of projector to project sharks like floating around. And, and, yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. I just, I just remember the uh, there was one that was called Battle Zone where you put your head in like this this little uh, you know it was like a periscope type thing, but yeah that was a, a similar type thing. But I think that was a vector game. I think that pretty much does it for all the questions we have. So I'm gonna wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to get a hold of uh, with with Keith, you just don't right like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't send him memes of shark eating ball. Don't yeah. just wave, just wave that amount of show. So, there you yeah. Go. yeah, yeah. 
So, I gotta mention though, we, I ran into you at Expo and we were chit chatting, and it was funny because I brought my little Godzilla card for you to sign, and not even like five minutes before uh, your girlfriend or whatever was like, "People are really having you sign things," and then here I walk up and can you sign <laughs> hey, this for me? Hey, can you sign this? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't get why people like me. I don't either. So <laughs> fine. Okay, well, that that's kind of back to when uh, I, I think George was on a date and he took he took his date to a pinball place and someone recognized him and she's looking at him like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't even walk down the street, man. Yeah, oh, yep. terrible. It, it's hard being pinball famous. I know. Yeah, pinball famous. <laughs> Well, if you want to get a hold of us, we are Loser Kid Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. On the socials, we're at Loser Kid Pinball. That's Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all that jazz. Make sure to subscribe and like. Um, give us our last word, Scott. Um, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs>